0: Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the third Sunday in the Advent season of the church Here We're going to begin our service with the service of the word on page 38. Our opening hymn is hymn number 14, Arise, O Christian People.
1: Cast out what I've been tough.
0: Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.
1: And also with you.
0: We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children, but we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 to 10 and this reading pictures the wonderful transformation that takes place because of Jesus coming into the world and and paying for our sins thinking of the desert of sin and being in God's believing family. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Hallelujah. God the Father said, I will send my messenger, John the Baptist, ahead of you, Jesus, who will prepare your way before you. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah Our gospel
0: reading is from Matthew chapter 11 verses 2 to 11, reading in which we hear about John the Baptist in prison and he has his questions about Jesus being the, the one they were looking for. And maybe you can look at John here and see him, oh, having a time when he was down, well, being in prison, and had his questions and had his weakness of faith. And, well, when he had his problems, he went to the Lord Jesus for answers. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John, What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you. Who will prepare your way before you i tell you the truth among those born of women there has not risen anyone greater than john the baptist yet he who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he let's continue with our second hymn hymn number 19 O lord how shall i meet you
1: Since death that fearful burden, let not your souls distress.
0: and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. The word of God we want to consider this third Sunday in Advent is our epistle reading from James chapter 5, verses 7 to 11. James writes, Be patient, then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who are our strength and our salvation. Amen, my dear fellow Christians who are looking forward to the celebration of our savior's birth when Pompeii was destroyed when when Mount Vesuvius erupted that was back in seventy nine a d many people were were killed in the ruins of the volcano erupting as it did and they were buried in those ruins. And it's kind of interesting to note how, oh, those different people who were buried in the ruins years later when their bodies were found, it's amazing the different positions in which some of the people were in. There were some people who were in these deep vaults where they were trying to escape the, the Volcano's eruption. There were some people who found themselves lofty chambers to try to escape but they didn't and, and then there were those who it was obvious that what they were trying to do is they were trying to unsuccessfully flee from the destruction and then there were those who were trying to flee the destruction and take with them as many of their possessions as they possibly could fleeing, trying to flee from the city. Well, there were these different people in the different positions like that, but what about the Roman sentinel, the Roman guard? Kind of interesting because here he was standing at his post where he had been assigned to be by his captain and he still had in his arms the weapon that he had been assigned and that's how he was found a thousand years after after his death after the after the volcano had erupted as it did and out there the earth shook beneath him there was this flood of cinder and ashes and he stood there faithful at his post. He was concerned about faithfully serving as he had been told to do. Well, faithful service, that's what he was all about. But now what about us? What about us? As we prepare to celebrate our Savior's entrance into the world 2,000 years ago, and as we also think about his return on the last day, the question that we'll want to ask ourselves is, how do we Christians wait for Christ's coming? How do we Christians wait for Christ's coming? Are we as concerned about faithfully serving the Lord and about loving God and loving one another? Are are we as concerned about faithfully serving our God like that Roman sentinel was? Of course, the tendency is there for us to be not as faithful, to be lax. But here, what our reading for today, what James is encouraging us to do, is he's encouraging us to wait for Christ's coming and to wait well with patience and with faithfulness. The James who wrote this letter, this epistle, was most likely Jesus' half-brother, the son of Mary and Jesus' stepfather Joseph. Perhaps because of the closeness as Jesus and James were growing up and because sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the the trees. Because of that, well, what was the case is that James had a real hard time in his early years with seeing Jesus for who he really was. It wasn't until Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to him It wasn't until that time that it appears that James finally, well, the Holy Spirit worked on his heart so that he was able to see Jesus for who he really was. And then, then James was with those disciples who gathered in Jerusalem after Jesus had ascended into heaven, waiting for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit to come on them at the time of Pentecost. And later, he was acknowledged to be the leader of the group of believers who were in Jerusalem. But the message of James, it's largely the same message that we heard coming from someone like Elijah or John the Baptist. It was a message in which he was calling the people to repent. To confess our sins to see our lost condition and then in faith because the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts to produce fruits of repentance and and we re- we produce those fruits of repentance not because we're trying to earn our way to heaven but we're producing those fruits of repentance, striving to live as believing children of God to thank God for his amazing grace and mercy. Prior to our reading, James warned those, it says, who lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. And these were people who were absolutely obsessed with gaining more and more money and property in this life. And they cheated their employees and their neighbors just to get more and more possessions and to help out their own happiness, or supposed happiness. So what James was doing here is he was warning them to live lives of repentance before it was too late and and as he's speaking to them, he's also speaking to us, warning us, warning us to watch out for the love of money and possessions because, well, our world today still teaches us to love money and possessions, to love them more than we love God and because of that that love of money it can lead us away from God you know Jesus said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions but that's not really what the world teaches us is it especially not at the time of Christmas or say during Christmas shopping season. It doesn't teach us that. It teaches us to love possessions, to love money and our goods. Evidently there were some of James first hearers who were suffering at the hands of the rich and these who were suffering at the hands of the rich what they what they did is they kind of wanted to seek vengeance for the fact that the rich were were taking advantage of them but James
1: encourages
0: them and us to be patient and to leave vengeance to the lord James said be patient then brothers and and in our reading, it's interesting that James was speaking, well, to his first listeners, to us today, calling us brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ. And he didn't come down on those fellow Christians who maybe were inclined to think, let's get revenge. He didn't come down on them and send, call down fire and brimstone from heaven to attack them. But with loving care and concern, he instructed them as he preached both law and gospel to them to show them their sin and to show them their Savior and the answer to sin. The Greek word that James uses here for be patient, it means to be long-suffering, to endure perhaps abuse for an extended period of time. This patience, it includes the self-restraint that enables one who has been wrongly treated to refrain from hasty retaliation, to, to think about showing love when maybe we'd be inclined to try to seek revenge. Well, James said be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. Oh, James is just getting us to think, he says, what good would it do for the farmer if if it's taking a while for his crops to come to be ripe? If he starts hollering and gets angry at his crops, well that's kind of not of a whole lot of value. It's not going to make the wheat ripen faster. It's not going to do that. And so such anger, it's not going to be of any value. So as the farmer exercises patience and is long-suffering with his crop as it's coming to be ripe, so also what james is encouraging us to do is to be patient with one another and and with god while we wait for the savior's return patient with one another because we can cause each other so much grief at times and patient with god just god doesn't cause us grief but what he does do is he has us wait for his salvation but Be patient, then, is James' message to us. Be patient to people like us who are often so interested in fast food and quick satisfaction for everything. But be patient. We are to patiently wait for the Lord's return and to patiently deal with one another The Apostle Peter said, The Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. How patient God is with us, and how patient are we with those that we know who need to know about Jesus? Sometimes we can be quite impatient with others. Oh, there was this God-hating army sergeant who loved to pick on a private who was a Christian. That private, one day he was out doing sentry duty, and it was raining, and he was tired and worn out from the pouring rain, and so he came in to get to bed that night, and what he did before he was ready to go to bed is he knelt beside his bed to pray, and the sergeant saw him and disgusted with the Christian his Christian activities and what he did is he took his boots and walked him upside the head but the private he kept on praying he kept on praying and the next morning the sergeant surprisingly found his boots peacefully polished beautifully polished beside his bed because the private had polished them during the night and the interesting thing that happened in this story is that the holy spirit used that and the private's patience and long-suffering attitude toward his sergeant to ultimately end up reaching that sergeant And now if you think about it, that private, he would have been so justified to retaliate or to just be angry and upset because of what the sergeant did. But he was patient and look at what the Holy Spirit ended up doing here. Now, we may or may not end up enduring treatment like that because of how Unbelievers react to us and our confession of our faith in our Savior Jesus. But you know, we probably all know someone or ones who are resisting or fighting against God. But with those people, let's be patient. Let's be patient with that person and continue to do whatever we can to show love, the love of God to them in our lives so that the Holy Spirit can work through us just like he worked through that private to end up reaching that that sergeant. How, How do we Christians wait for Christ's coming? Well, we are to wait patiently, and we're also supposed to wait
1: faithfully,
0: he says here. James says, you two be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. When James tells us here to stand firm or to be faithful, what he isn't telling us to do is something that we can do by ourselves. He's rather telling us to be faithful. We can only be faithful when God is at work within us. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Without the Lord Jesus, we cannot be faithful. We cannot be faithful because without the Lord Jesus, our condition would be we would be dead in our transgressions and sins and and doomed to everlasting punishment. That's where we'd be, without Jesus. But by God's grace, that isn't our fate at all. Because the Holy Spirit has worked through the word of God to call us to faith, what we are is we're children of the Heavenly Father. We're heirs of eternal life in heaven. And standing firm then, what that really means is that what we need to do is we need to read and study and learn the word of God, which is the power of God for salvation, which enables us to be faithful to our God. Peter said, This is the word that was preached to you. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. When we're filled with God's word, and, well, only when we're filled with God's word, are we motivated to faithfully serve God and our neighbor and to love God and love our neighbor as God would want us to do, to be faithful as we wait for Christ's return. James says, Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. There will be times in our lives when we Christians will tend to just groan at the weight of problems and troubles that we face in this world. That's going to happen to any one of us at different times. We'll face life's trials and troubles and we may be tempted to grumble maybe at the, at the fortunes that a neighbor or a friend is having, the good fortune that they're having, but really such grumbling such grumbling is out of place it's 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 really complaining that God isn't treating us fairly but but God does never treat us unfairly he always treats us according to his grace and mercy and love uh, unless we were to reject his grace unless we were to abandon our faith in our savior well James says The Lord is full of compassion and mercy and, well, instead of grumbling and instead of complaining about the trials and troubles that we face in this life, what we want to do is keep on asking God for more of his grace and love, which will build us up and strengthen us to face life trials and troubles. James said, Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering... Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. Oh, think of prophets like Jeremiah and Elijah and all of the problems and the suffering that they went through they faced so much opposition in this life and and well Job he was an Old Testament believer who faced more of life's troubles than probably any one of us would ever end up having to face. Job and the prophets they may have gotten down at times. They may have felt like all was lost at times, but it was the gospel that kept them faithfully pressing on toward the goal for which God called them heavenward. And now what we need to do in this life is just the same thing that those persecuted prophets and someone like Job, what they did, and that is keep focused on our heavenly goal when we realize what blessings we have waiting for us in heaven and when we seriously look at the blessings that we have right now as believing children of God you know having his grace and love and having the forgiveness of sins think about how blessed we are even right now and And if we didn't have his grace and love and forgiveness, think how not blessed we would be. But when we realize what blessings are ahead and what blessings we have right now, well, then with God's help, we can handle any of the problems, any of the troubles that we would face in this life. And and not only can we handle those trials and troubles, but we can faithfully serve God and our fellow man and show Christian love to God and to our fellow man because we know the amazing love that God has given to us in the the first place. Oh, there was this six-year-old golden-haired child who had this strong, simple faith in what she had been taught in Sunday school. And she was especially impressed by thinking about the Savior's second coming and and the encouragement to be ready for his second coming. One morning there was a guest that happened to be in in her family's home. And the guest was really kind of amazed because Here was this six-year-old girl. She was busily working in her bedroom, carefully arranging its contents, making sure everything was just where it was supposed to be. And the guest said to her, You sure keep your room nice and neat. Looking up at her with a smile, she said, Yes, I'm putting everything in order because Jesus might come today. And may God give to each of us a simple, childlike faith like that young girl. Right now, so many people are probably going crazy and just overstressing themselves as they are trying to get ready for Christmas. It happens every year, and hopefully... All of the things that we're doing to get ready for Christmas, hopefully they're all motivated by the true meaning of Christmas, thinking about Jesus the Savior and his coming into the world to live and to die for us, to pay for our sins, and to win for us heaven. But as we get ready for Christmas, and as we await our Lord's return on the last day, May God, the Holy Spirit, keep building us up and strengthening us in our faith so that we're like that Roman sentinel who was there at Pompeii as Mount Vesuvius was erupting. You know, he said, I want to be faithful. And, well, we want to be faithful too, to the faithful God we have who's done everything for our salvation. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Hear our prayers, Lord Jesus Christ, and come with the good news of your mighty deliverance, Drive the darkness from our hearts and fill us with your light. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In our prayers today, we continue to think about Todd Hubert recuperating from, from neck surgery and we think about Don Janicki recuperating from a stroke and well we also think about Paula dealing with heart issues and leg infection problems and we would also think about Paula's friend Mavis from over at Sugar Mill, well Mavis is in hospice care right now and and getting closer to her eternal home and let's let's pray lord god as we think of people dealing with different ailments different physical problems we ask you according to your will grant healing if that is according to your will but especially we ask you to please keep on assuring them of your amazing grace and love And maybe we think especially of Marvel here because she needs to know more about the Lord Jesus. Please keep on working on hearts with the wonderful gospel message, which is the power of God for salvation. Lord God, please keep on working on all of our hearts and giving us that true spirit of christmas where we're always thinking not about the hustle and bustle of getting ready for christmas but where we're thinking about the baby born in bethlehem to be our savior and we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country.
1: God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America.
0: Thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple of announcements to share with you in the congregation. Tuesday is Gene Lake's birthday. Wednesday, Dan Morris. Thursday, Butch and Sue Coit have an anniversary. Saturday is Tom Spitzley's birthday. This Wednesday, we'll have our third midweek Advent service at 630 Pastor Kurt Uhlenbrauch from St. Jacob in Grass Lake will be here again looking at that theme Heavenly Messages from Heavenly Messengers and he'll be talking about the angel's message to, to Joseph about the coming Savior. Services at 6.30, we do have our soup supper like always beforehand at 530 Hope to see you there for that. I'll be heading over to St. Jacob in Grass Lake, but I'll be here for the soup supper to share some time with you before I head out. Saturday again, we we'll should be having our Christmas Eve practice at 10.30 in the morning. I've told you about the different people in our congregation. Oh, uh, maybe just share again my dad coming along, but... Still having a little bit difficult time getting used to being at home again after being at the the rehab and the hospital and the nursing home and everything. Again, thank you for being here to worship with me. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.